Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome back to another episode of the War Room Podcast. This is Big E. Got my man T Cop on his long side of me. How you doing, T? Big E, what's going on, man? I mean, I can't call it, man. It's been a while. We've we had a couple uh well, not necessarily a couple weeks off, but we've been off for a little while dealing with some personal things, some family things, which we're mm-hmm. gonna jump into that for sure. You know, and I did what we said we were gonna do today. We're gonna talk about some real life things. Real life. And we're gonna talk about what um you know, everybody deals with it on a regular basis, you know. But before we do that, let's talk about our partners, uh, Believe in Bet Online. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and support sports info. Find all of the latest sports developments, including updated odds on the NBA playoffs, fights, and even next season's futures. And don't forget that the MLB is back as well. Who are you picking to win the World Series? Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering needs, including live betting in your favorite Vegas casino and poker games. It's a super easy to get started, so head to the website today use our use your mobile device join and use our promo code believe that's b-l-e-a-v to receive your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit bet online where the game starts you know i was looking at something about bet online and i feel like you posted it on facebook about had the odds of what the the next team uh mm-hmm. debo samuel was going to be playing for yep. and i was just like man it is crazy that you could bet on <laughs> where you think he's going to end up playing you for. can bet on anything with bet online yeah anything and I mean, where do you think Debo going to end up? Do you think he's going to get out of 49ers? Do you think they're going to do right by him and pay him, or do you think he's going to leave? Yeah, I mean, shucks. If they're smart, they'll pay him. They should. The boy's a Swiss Army knife. I really don't know who else is on offense other than George Kittle. I'm, that's why I say if they're smart, they would pay him. They they definitely have to pay him. They, they got to pay they, him. Hopefully they like, do. There's, there's no they way do. around it. But, you know. you know, if it was a possibility for him to be a Cowboy, I would be absolutely open to it, but I doubt that. But no, I don't think he'd be a I Cowboy. I think Pittsburgh Steelers make sense. I think I think he could fit in anywhere. Yeah, for sure. Because the, the way his style of, of play, he could go anywhere and, and play. Truthfully, and I'm not just saying this because uh, they're a former team of mine, but That's if he right. go to New Orleans— uh-huh. That'd be the perfect place for him in New Orleans because they because like they that. know how to use athletes like that. Yes, they know yes. how to use them. I mean, he, he had fourteen hundred yards receiving, man, and then you sit there and think about all the rushing stuff that he did. Uh, he did a lot of rushing the ball. Uh, I think he threw the ball a few times. I mean, he's he's in everything. Like literally, Swiss Army yep. knife kind of pulls out all these different tools. So we'll see. But bet online, go see those people over there. Fifty percent welcome bonus. Use the promo code BLEAV. That's believe and get started. You can do it on your phone. So. What's going on at Academy, T-Cop? Ah, man. So right now we have, we got 707 going on, uh, which we got a, a game this weekend coming up. Uh, we have four teams. Everybody's doing well. Uh, we got one team that that we got to give more attention to, truthfully, uh, because they, they're they not doing what expectations are. Well, we're not going to say who it is. <laughs> we can call them out, but they're not, they're not living up to expectations. Right. Uh, so... But that's on that's on me. Uh, so we, we'll fix that. Um, we have AAU basketball going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got guys. We got teams going to uh, Rock Hill, South Carolina this weekend. That's and, right. Yeah, Rock Hill, and we got some teams going to Raleigh this weekend. So, and then in June, make sure everybody stay tuned. We're gonna be uh, advertising. Uh, we're gonna start advertising on Monday. We have yoga for athletes. Mm. 
Uh, we have a lady that's coming in that she's amazing at what she does. Uh, she's very energetic, very lively. Uh, so if you have anybody, but this is not for kids just to come to be playing. If you are a serious athlete and you're serious about the next journey of your athletic career, mm-hmm. come to this yoga for athletes. We're gonna be it's gonna be every Monday and Wednesdays at six o'clock, starting June the sixth. Every Monday at six, every Monday and Wednesday at six o'clock. Uh, make sure you're coming because that is one of the biggest things that when I did yoga when I was in the league, I did it a couple of times. Um, when I tell you, I felt like a totally different person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Of course, the more you do it, when I say a couple of times, a couple of times throughout my career, but not just two times, but just yeah, right, 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 right through my career, but. The way it makes you feel afterwards, uh, the way you're so much looser, uh, everything, everything is just totally different when you start doing yoga. And I can't explain it, but you're a totally different athlete. So, you know, a lot of times, you know, uh, the arrogant athlete that we all were at some point in time mm-hmm. uh, or the kids that are those people now, we'll laugh at something like saying, oh, I'm going to do yoga mm-hmm. or I'm going to. I'm going to get on all fours and stretch this way and stretch that way and hold this pose and this, that, and another. Mm-hmm. We tend to joke it. We won't give it a try. But all, honestly, if we did these things so much earlier in our careers, the difference it would have made, the less uh, you, you probably would have minimized some injuries. Yep. Um, probably been a step faster. Yep. You know, probably would have had more gains in the weight room because of that flexibility and the mm-hmm. but elasticity in our body. Yep. That's <laughs> the truth. I said the word right. I might yeah. be wrong. I you hope said it's it right. a word. You said it right. That's right. <laughs> but, but yeah, so it definitely, I look forward to it. I mean, is it can has-beens like myself possibly join in? Look, I told her, I'm getting in it. Well, you you kind of own the building, sir. Yeah, I'm getting in it. And look, and, and to be honest with you fellas, for the guys out there that's a little older, you might not be an athlete anymore, uh, but you're still lively, it will improve your sex life. So make sure if you want to so get in, tight, look, it's part of it. In the famous words of uh, Tyrone Bell, I once was an athlete. Now I'm not. <laughs> now I'm not. You know, so I, I mean, I look forward to it. I know I will definitely be signing up for it because, you know, I, I have a lot of tightness in my back and my hips mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And, you know, a lot of people say the stresses of life can add to how stiff you become. Yep. I work in mental health. It's stressful. Stressful. I'm on the road. I work from home. Got kids. I still got to tend to a family. I still tend to. Stress happens. It mm-hmm. is what it is. So, you know, if I can loosen this old heavy set body up a little bit, I mm-hmm. need to, you know. But I ain't heard heavy set in a long heavy time. Set. That's old country. That's thing. old school. I, I literally <laughs> heard it like a week ago. And I was like, man, it's like, uh, what is that? That boy healthy. That boy heavy set. Big bone. Husky. Husky. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Husky, I was all of them at one point in time in my life. I touched every single one of those, you know. But you know, and, and to jump on to the, my North Carolina Rebels, we are finally over that 500 mark. We're three wins in a row. Oh yeah. Uh, well, this weekend will make four because we'll get a forfeit win. Um, so we're on the right track so far. We're averaging about 47 points a game, which is where we need to be to make sure that we tighten up. We scored 50. We won 59 to zero this past week and. Obviously, that 70-something point game did it helped us out. And Tell me this. Who woke up the sleeping giant? Who woke y'all up? Or what woke y'all up? You know, it was more of that second loss we took, and I would never – I never really wanted to have been bashing referees. Mm-hmm. But when a referee goes to his car, 
changes his clothes and comes back to the field where you're cleaning up your sideline and apologizes for making a bad call. Wow. That doesn't happen often. That's right. Referees normally, you know, they tuck tail and get off the field and yep. go home. Well, there was a play where clearly it was caught on camera. Our guy caught it, took two, three steps in bounds in the back of the end zone, hit a knee inbound, elbow inbound, and rolled out, and the guy in the back line said he was out. Wow. And the team that got the victory because of that bad call, this is two minutes left in the game to take the lead, mm-hmm. not to mention two other touchdowns were taken off the board earlier for us. So uh, they didn't own it and say, okay, yeah, they we didn't really win. They actually took it as if they beat us. Yeah. Now, we shouldn't <laughs> have been in that situation. That's the, you know, but – if I showed you the clip, yeah, you would be mad. You know what I mean? I, I might post a clip on the on the War Room uh, Facebook page so people can understand what I'm saying. Yeah, you know the guy he bobbled it, but he clearly pulled it into his body, mm-hmm. and they said it was incomplete. So I felt like that probably woke us up. And a lot of things we had a lot of real life stuff, things that we're going to be talking about mm-hmm. at the beginning of our season. That it was kind of like weathering the storm. It was a lot of personal things off the field for a lot of the athletes on the team. Mm-hmm. And we had to try to be a family some of these moments. We had a lot of deaths that happened like back to back to back mm-hmm. at the beginning of our season. And how do you, these people, these players somewhat look up to you and they, you, you have to manage some emotions and stuff like that. And you kind of lose track of what you're doing. And that's on me, but trying to manage it all and trying to get the season started and things like that. So we had a lot of, if you want to call them distractions, but they weren't like, you know, those inevitable distractions, things that you don't know that's going to happen when people pass. Yeah. And we had like three deaths at the beginning of our season Wow, of key parts, parts of this team, the offensive coordinator, co-owner, one of the best players on the team, all within a 10, 12 day time frame. Dang. Yeah. It was all in 10 day, 10, 12 days that yeah, three people pass away. Yeah. You know, and you're trying to hold it all together and those things happen, but needless to say, we'll be four and two at the end of this Saturday, trending in the right direction on the 30th. We'll be down in, um, uh, Fayetteville get playing against the Fayetteville Commandos, which is probably our biggest rivalry game. Mm-hmm. Probably go out to Wilmington this weekend to scout them to see what they got going on, and okay. and hopefully we can keep this thing going in the right direction. We went from about eighth, ninth, tenth place, and we're sitting about <laughs> fourth now. So by the end of this weekend, we should be about third. And you're in striking distance. You know, we, we're in striking distance. Yeah. All that, that's all I need to yeah. know. You know what I mean? So <laughs> we we gonna get it right. They they never seem more focused. If we don't win this whole thing, it is what it is. But you will have 100% of the focus of myself and our coaching staff and our players the rest of the season. That's good. That's just what it's going to be. That's good. You know, so speaking of real life things, a lot of times we, as athletes, people forget that they're human as well Mm -hmm. and go through things and deal with daily stressors. And we're going to touch on some of those things. And we want to start it off, but I want to send condolences to T-Cop and his family, uh, one of his aunts passed here recently, mm-hmm. and um, I'll let you elaborate on that. Tell us who this aunt was and who she was to you. Oh, man, this is my aunt Dina. Uh, and like I said, that was the reason why we didn't have a show uh, last week dealing with dealing with the death. Like I said, she, she, was one of, she was one of those aunts that you've seen her transformation as life went on. Mm-hmm. Because when I was in high school, she was that aunt that threw me block parties for my birthday. I'm <laughs> yeah. talking about have the police bring out cones. She kind of knew everybody. The police bring out cones and block the whole block off both sides. Have a DJ outside. Yeah. Uh, she the one that had the the uh, my first time ever trying it. The uh, the fruit with alcohol in it, just sitting in uh, alcohol. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. You know put it saying? all in that. 
that in concoction a big, yeah. in, a, in a big cooler. And so she was that aunt. When I tell you, she was the my favorite aunt, one of my favorite aunts. Uh, she was just that cool, down to earth aunt. That's who she was, and she always was like that. And then you see a transformation when she got older, and she uh, she gave her life to Christ, mm-hmm. you know. And so she and she was she wasn't faking it. She was really she lived that life, mm-hmm. you know. So that was the, that was a great thing about it, knowing that she was in Christ, knowing that she did have a relationship with God. And when it was her time to go, it was the time to go. And she she died peacefully. She died in her sleep. So, But it was unexpected, yeah. even though she had a lot of surgeries uh, that she had, a lot of ailments going on. But it still was a death that was unexpected. We didn't expect her to die. But a lot of great memories. Uh, and, and even with the funeral, uh, like the funerals are sad. And, that, and I'm not a big emotional guy, mm-hmm. but I cried the entire funeral. And luckily, I had to have a mask on, so I put a mask on. Uh, so they couldn't see it. Because all you saw was my eyes, so you saw the water coming out of my eyes. But, you know, when you start crying sometimes, that the face face, that face looked crazy. <laughs> so I was glad I had a mask on. I had my little cousin. She was she was beside me. She was like, uh, you need some tissue? I was like, nah. I said, I said let, me, let me cry this out. I said, I need to get this out. You know what yeah, I'm saying? You know, and a, a lot of times, and I'm, I'm guilty of this, is that, Sometimes you feel like you need to cry, mm-hmm. but it just doesn't come out because of who you are yeah. or w- what your role is in so many people's lives. that the, It don't come out. Yeah. But you can feel it, yep. and it takes a funeral to allow you to let it out. And then a lot of times you'll lose control of it. Mm-hmm. And not only are you crying for the funeral, but you're crying for the other hundred things that have been stressing you out mm-hmm. to where it relieves that pressure. Yep. You know what I mean? That's probably exactly what you were going through, but just, just letting this whole thing out. Letting it, it out, out, man. But it was great seeing... Family, because I come from a family background to where my family, we have an amazing family, but our family isn't always close knit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can tell you a prime example. My grandmother died back in the day. Uh, it ain't too far back in the day, but I was in college. My grandmother was the backbone of the family. She the one kind of held everybody together. Mm-hmm. So when she passed, you know, that backbone wasn't there anymore. So it was our family never been we're, we're all close, but we're not close. Right. Uh, when I say close, it's not, oh, we're around each other all the time and we always going to have events together and stuff like that. It's that type of family, but we always got each other back. So it was good just seeing all the family come back together, you know, and seeing each other. But I just hate the fact that it's taking funerals yeah. for everybody to come back together. You know what I'm saying? You know, so when you say that, what's, it's one of those things where, being who you are in, in, in the family, I'm sure you're looked at a certain way by the family. It's like, does it always have to like feel like it falls on your shoulder to be the person that have to put it together? No, no. Is there, is someone else that can do it? And it, like, what does it take? When does T Cop make the call and say, "Hey, Cuz, we we get, we need to do something"? Truthfully, it's crazy that you bring that up because I just was talking to my brother after the funeral mm-hmm. about that because now. It's getting to the point to where, you know, we have family members that's passing. The ones that are putting it together, that's keeping it together, they're dying off. Yeah, it's so, our turn. So now, yeah, it's us. It's our turn. They got to step I, up be and keep at it, it together. It's the thirty to forty, the thirty to forty yeah. group. When we were kids, the people that are passing now were the ones that put together the family reunions, mm-hmm. scheduled, booked, and paid. It's our turn now. We got to step up and do it. I just had this conversation with my brother. Uh, it got to be us now. 
that keeps the family together and start doing these type of things. Uh, because like I said, before long, you know, all the ones that was doing it, you know, they're not going to be here anymore because people are getting older. People are dying, mm-hmm. you know, so we have to be the ones now to keep it together. And I can't, I won't sit here and say that, oh, it's me that got the, pr-. not because I was one of those family members that wasn't tight knit. Right. You know what I'm saying? Whether it be because, you know. You were living off somewhere else. It's somewhere else or whether it be, I just got a lot going on mm-hmm. and not putting family first to really make it a priority to see family and stuff like that. You know, so I don't. I don't put the blame on nobody, especially when it comes to things that I could have changed. Right. You know, I was part of the issue as well. For sure. You know, but now you start seeing it that, okay, listen, it's on us. We got some ownership. Got, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So that's where we at. But it was good seeing family again, but it's just hopefully we can get together and do stuff without funerals being involved. Right. Yeah. I mean, I understand where you're coming from just this past Easter, which I hope everybody had a phenomenal Easter, is I was hesitant to going down to my grandma's house. Um, my kids were there with their grandparents, my parents. And I was like, I got to go down and get them. So I decided to hang out. And my aunt Elaine, she gave out such a great message, followed by my dad giving out such a great message to all of the, what we consider to be the younger group, which mm-hmm. when they say younger, they're talking to my age group. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And yeah. we have to do certain things. There's always been somewhat of a little discord between, are you guys judging us? So mm-hmm. we fight against what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. But it's also like it was said, if you're ever going through something, don't hesitate to reach out to family. Now, this is a family setting that we're in. Mm-hmm. And it's like reach out to family. And my cousin, Dwayne, who I idolize as a child, like mm-hmm. idolize this dude as an athlete. Mm-hmm. Um, he turns around and says, you know what? We would come. We would talk. But are you going to judge us and then go to speak the gossip to everybody else mm. once we do come to you? And the older regime the the 50 60 actually came back and said you know what you're right basically Mm -hmm. we need to make sure that we actually have your back when you do come because when you if we're going to just judge you i can completely understand why you won't come exactly you know and now it's cousins bouncing it back off one another without that experienced adult adult Mm -hmm. helping us out now it's just two people that's lost and then we end up talking about how we can't go talk to the elders because they're just going to judge us mm-hmm. or whatever our actions are, how we live our lives now, what we decide to do. And in my aunt's message, you know, there's always, you know, the, oh, do you smoke cigarettes? Do you drink? Do you party? Well, she, what she said, she was like, none of that stuff matters. Mm-hmm. She's like, we get fixated and get stuck on that being a bad thing, mm-hmm. you know, but. God gave his only son for all of our sins. Mm -hmm. So let's stop judging people for what they do. None of us are perfect. He's the only thing that's perfect. You know what I'm saying? Right. So with that being the case, it was just like, it was actually like a relief. Like I was happy to hear my cousin Dwayne speak up Mm -hmm. because I can honestly say he's one of the ones that probably was judged a lot Mm -hmm. as was my brother and a couple of our other cousins that Mm -hmm. have passed on now. And it's just like, they were ever able to ever, were never able to fix that void between Young person in the family speaking to old people and older people in the family, the mm-hmm. experienced people in the family, because there was always that void. So it we have struggled taking over, taking the reins for the family events and preparing it because it's like, I don't really want to because I don't want to be around these people that are going to judge me. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Or I don't want to, I want to be able to do it in our way mm-hmm. to where they might've been listening to this particular music when we were kids, but now they've aged up and now it's just strictly gospel music. We've all been there and seen yep, that yep. when they get to that point and they giving it to Christ and all that, where they used to listen to 
the hip hop or the you know shake your shake your hind parts type uh-huh. music and yeah. stuff like that. Now it's like strictly gospel. So now if we play it, we judged. You exactly, see what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's it's like that yeah. family dynamic, and then us being more entitled because these older people gave us somewhat of a better life than what they had. Mm-hmm. Well, you created some monsters. We're <laughs> entitled <laughs> monsters. We want to do it our way. Mm-hmm. You made us that way. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But then you're going to be the person that's against what we're saying we want to do. I get so that. it creates that void. And that's where a lot of separation comes with creating those events. And honestly, got to figure out how to way to make it blend. People have to compromise and make it work mm-hmm. before everybody's dying off. And we never had a time to actually spend that time together having a good time. Yep. And then also we have to go and speak to the hierarchies of these families and give them their roses as they're still alive. Mm-hmm. Let's not give these people props and all the love in the world. Once they're in that box, you know what I mean? We need to start making sure we let these older people know that, Hey, when I was 16, you did X, Y, and Z. Like mm-hmm. I can tell you right now, when I moved to North Carolina from Oklahoma, my aunt nanny Dolores, uh, shout out for her birthday was last month. Uh, was, the 18th was Monday or Tuesday, whatever it was, mm-hmm. Monday, I believe. Uh, happy birthday to her. She allowed me and my mom to come stay at her house, and mm-hmm. she knew I liked neck bone, and she cooked mm-hmm. that thing probably every day. <laughs> Eric, I got your neck bone in there. You know what I mean? Like, I remember that. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. And it never fails. And even to the day, like, she'll come to my games, and I know she, she'll come to the games that I'm coaching, and she ain't trying to pay to get in, and I respect that. Yeah. I ain't mad at her, but she'll call me like I'm not on the field coaching the game. So mm-hmm. after the game, I'll see her number there, and I know where she's at. Kickoff's at 7, at 7.05, 7.10, 7.15. calling me trying to get in this game. I'm just like, come on, Nanny. Like, I'm, I'm in the middle of coaching. Yeah. But I can't do nothing but laugh, and I'll always be appreciative of her allowing us to stay in her house as we were transitioning to North Carolina. Mm-hmm. You know, so I need to have that conversation with her face to face. That's it's right. probably the first time I've said it. Mm-hmm. I need to tell her now. Yeah. You know, and her tragedy, she's lost three out of four of her children. So to be able to hear that from someone that was the same age as her last son that passed, mm-hmm. who we were like this, me and that cousin. Yeah. And it was like, I need to go tell her. So that's the way she knows that she played a role in and doing something for me that puts a smile on my face on a regular basis when yep. I bring it up, you know, and everybody needs to do that, you know, um, I want to give uh, send condolences out to the Tunstall family. One of my coaches, my offensive coordinator, Craig Tunstall, his father passed here recently uh, out in L.A. And things are so booked up out in L.A. that it's taking several weeks to be able to close out, you know, the deaths of family members because you can't find places to do funerals at. And it's such a stressful time. And so it's like an elongated stress period for him. Mm-hmm. So I want to give him all the support and condolences from the war room, uh, as well as your family, like we said before, T. And, um, Gia Williams, who's the co-owner of the Rebels with me, her aunt passed uh, mm-hmm. in the same week, the day after Coach Cali's father passed. Mm-hmm. So condolences to her as well. Like so many things are happening yeah. in the world that we need to love one another, hug one another and build one another. We mm-hmm. need to do that. There's no way you can get past without having each other's back. There's no way you can move forward, you know, um, but we'll move on from that. We That's personal stuff we're talking there. Mm-hmm. But let you know that athletes, ex-athletes are humans. They go through some of the same things. And with that being spoken, we're going to go jump to the Dwayne Haskins situation. Okay. Who's the quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers, was that first-round draft pick for the Washington football team. Mm -hmm. Uh, Things didn't pan out, had a couple shaky things that he did or whatever. But we're not going to focus on that. We're just going to focus on the fact he's a 24-year-old man whose life has been taken away way too soon. Mm -hmm. Um, And somewhat of a fluke accident, um, from what they say, is he ran out of gas on the highway and was walking up the street to go get gas and got hit by multiple vehicles, mm-hmm. which is such a sad thing. And you hate to see that. You hate to see anybody go out that way. And they had the thing where the very popular 
sports anchor mm-hmm. uh, kind of wrote off the fact that he was a 24-year-old man that passed away in a tragic way and more spoke on the fact that he didn't have the most successful football career at that moment, Yeah, which was very uh, tacky and, and distasteful in all ways possible. But uh, it makes you wonder, like, when you go down to that day, what he could have done different to avoid that. A lot of people want to say, oh, oh, he ran out of gas. He's a millionaire. How is he walking down the street? How does he run out of gas? And it goes back to saying athletes are human beings. Yep. Like they're not anything different. They, they almost everybody's going to run out of gas at some point in time in their life, mm-hmm. or they're going to be extremely low where they're pushing it to the limit to get to the gas station. It's yep. going to happen. That is what you know, it is. We've all walked down the side of a road and it was probably a little bit too dangerous. Mm-hmm. As kids, we all played in the street at some point in time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and and I hate that it happened for sure. You know, um, and then with his wife and his family, they're having three different. I mean, I, you you were telling me about this. I let you speak on that. Yeah. So they were saying how his parents is not going to go to his funeral because they never met his wife, and they don't want that to be the first time they meet his wife. So they're not going to the funeral. So they're gonna have they're gonna have two other funerals, two other separate places. Mm-hmm. And for me, I'm like, man. If I'm a parent, I don't care if I ain't met the wife or not. If this, if my son's body is going to be where the wife is going to be, it's going to be where the wife is going to be. I'm going to that funeral, regardless how you feel about the wife. I ain't got to say nothing to the wife, but it's still my son at the end of the day. But that's just me speculating. Like I said, that was part of the story uh, that was out, and and then hitting on when he was talking about how, you know, what could he done differently to avoid this from happening, from getting killed and stuff like that. One thing I realized about life is there's nothing that you can do to avoid certain things from happening. Uh, Because just look at times when kids are outside playing, they get hit by a stray bullet and die. Mm -hmm. It's so many ways that you can die and you didn't you didn't call for this. You didn't do something to don't get me wrong. We're. We're all sinners, so we all deserve to die. But there's nothing that you're doing at these certain moments that you get that you should be killed over. Yeah, there's never a way to say justify I'm supposed to die today. Yeah. Yeah. Now, if you out there and you're really out there just doing crazy stuff and you really putting yourself (laughs) at a higher risk, then okay, I mean that's what you get. But you don't know when you're gonna die. You don't know how you're gonna die. You don't know what will happen that's gonna force you to die. You know what I'm saying? We could be riding down the highway mm-hmm. and somebody driving on the wrong side of the street and hit us, yeah. which happened before I mean, to me, but of, I avoided them. Think about the people in those schools. Yeah. Where those killings happen in schools. You went to school to learn something and go to lunch and PE and recess. You didn't think somebody was coming in to shoot up something. And I, think about when you go on vacation. How many people that went on vacation and never came back from vacation? Yeah. You, went to go, you went to go relax. Exactly. You know? You know, so to me, there is no... A lot of times, I can say a lot of times, to me, there's just no rhyme or reason of why a person died or when a person is going to die. It's all about when God say, it's your time. That's it. And that's it. That's all it can Everybody be. got an expiration date. Yeah. Everybody. Now, with with that being said, I mean, th- there's several things in life now that are put into place. And this is <laughs> a way I'm going to run into this next ad we have. <laughs> 
Mm-hmm. Several things that are put in place to make life a little bit better while you are here. Mm-hmm. You might not know when your time. It's just like when we speak about the yoga that you got going on, yeah. the training that you do, mm-hmm. you know, but we're going to talk about athletic greens real quick. Reclaim your health and your arm, your immune system with the convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash believe. That's B-L-E-A-V. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash believe. Believe and Athletic Greens have partnered up to where you can get this supplement and take it just like a vitamin. Um, it'll help with gut health, nervous system, immune system, energy recovery, focus, and aging. Now, if you tied it in with a little piece of exercise and maybe some yoga like T-Cop's going to be doing here at the Premier Sports Academy, maybe that time that we do have on Earth could be a little bit more pleasant physically so that way we can be a little bit sharper mentally, mm-hmm. and that way we can go have a little bit more fun without being stressed out. So there you go. That was just a quick little tie-in. It was perfect opportunity to tie yep. that in. Yep. Uh, that's Athletic Green. So... Since we've been talking about some real life things and and, and stuff like that, we're going to jump into a few questions we have for today to end today's show. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the first questions, which kind of comes from uh, came from um, Carnell Barfield, uh, one of the uh, people that listens to the show on a regular basis, uh, and it, he was trying to word it, but how he came up with the question, it was more the basically the moment you learned um, that. Other people somewhat looked up to you, and I guess that moment where someone that you always thought, such as your aunt uh, Dina, came to you maybe. I don't know if she did, but a person that you looked up to came to you to vent mm-hmm. or to ask for your advice. Like that moment, like like how did like it's it's happened to me before. Like my dad calls me to this day, mm-hmm. and it's like Eric, what do you think? I'm just like, man, I'm, I'm supposed to call you and ask you that. Yeah, like you know what I mean. But it's a we have such a good relationship with each other mm-hmm. that I love it. And then I, and this is the crazy thing. I honestly believe my dad to this day, he asked me about things before he buys it because he's going to leave it to me if he's to go before me. Mm-hmm. So he always wants to run it by me first. And I hate to think that way, but mm-hmm. it's just him loving me so much that he wants to make sure that I'm good with it. Mm-hmm. And more often than not, whatever he buys, I'm going to end up driving it, living in it, Whatever it is, I'm going to end up having it at some point in time because mm-hmm. me and him are like that. But when he started really calling me, probably within the last five, six years, um, and asking for my thoughts on stuff, mm-hmm. like it's like, I'm I'm really an adult. My dad is legit asking me. <laughs> you know, my dad is asking me yeah. what I think. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like either he believes in me so much. Mm-hmm. Which is a good feel good feeling that know that my parents do believe in me and whatever it is I say I'm trying to do, they support it. But I would say for me, it's mainly my, my father calling and asking me about the most buying new cabinets. What do you think about this, son? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I'm just like, yeah. Yeah. all right. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> I like it. that really made me feel somewhat like it made me feel like I've I've arrived as an adult to where yeah. my dad is coming to me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, nothing major. But, you know, that's my moment. What about you? Uh, my moment is probably my brother and a lot of people, of course, if you grew up in my same hometown, you know who my brother is. But if you know me outside of my hometown, you probably never met my brother before. Didn't know you had a brother until you said it earlier. Hey, see? And my brother's three years older than I am. He's, so he's my older brother. But me and him have a weird relationship. 
our relationship is weird to the point to where we grew up together, same household. But with me and my brother relationship, when he was, when he graduated high school, he left, he moved and went to, I think, Greensboro, uh, something like that. So he never stayed. Once he graduated high school, got out of Washington. he got out of Washington. He wasn't there long. He may have been there for a little bit, maybe a couple of years later, but he wasn't there long. And then I went to college. So we kind of lost that bond bond because we wasn't around each other a lot. He had a set of friends he was with. I had a set of friends I was with, but our love for each other always was there. You know, so even now, you know, we don't talk all the time, but when we do talk, it's like we just talked yesterday. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? It's yeah. that type of love, that type of uh, relationship we have. And so when he opens up and talks to me about certain things, you know, that kind of make me feel good yeah. because because I can open this. He's I always know I have somebody if it gets to that point that, you know, I could call him or he could call me and ask about certain mm, things or talk things, about yeah. certain things. So for me, it's really my brother. And and one thing he probably don't know, uh, I look up to my brother, even though we don't talk every day. Mm-hmm. My brother is probably one of the strongest guys I ain't going to say one of, but he's the strongest guy that I know. Uh, He's one of the best fathers I know. Uh, But just as a person, everybody that's from my hometown or that's close to him knows, you know, the things he had to endure in life, Mm -hmm. you know. And my brother never had an easy road. He never had easy roads. Some things were self-inflicted. Some things just life, you know. And for him to get knocked down and get back up, and come back just as stronger. Yeah. Everything he had to deal with in life, the certain things he had to deal with in life, and he always was that strong one that always keep it going. Now, now, while while we're on air and when obviously we not we don't have the visual with this one, to T Cow's brother, your brother is in here smiling ear to ear. I'm talking you. about you, man, and and you know, and it, it, those stories are awesome. I mean, without yeah. a doubt, you know, and. And I don't want to cut you off, but our old teammate, mm-hmm. James Pinkney, was in town yesterday. Uh, I ain't seen Pinkney in a long it's time. first time I've seen Pink in a long time. He's yeah. one of the most least talked about quarterbacks that helped turn this program around. Exactly. And he deserves way more respect than mm-hmm. what he gets. And he endured some things while we were playing. Mm-hmm. You know, we just talked about it. His daughter's here for that tournament in Raleigh, basketball. Okay. They came from Florida for that. Okay. She's an animal. Uh, I see him on Facebook. He's an, she's an animal. Uh, and we were talking, he's like, man, I'm starting quarterback working at Logan's. He was like, what is that? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, what is that? Like mm-hmm. the stuff that he went through, some self-inflicted. Yeah. But to see him with his daughter and his other little kids that were with him the other day and his family, like it, man, it made my day just to see him. Like I was yeah. just like, yeah, my boy doing all right. You know what I mean? And yeah. it's like, he was like, I came back and I finished school. I didn't know. That's crazy. I didn't know he finished. And then yeah. he said it, you know, and it deep down, I'm just like, hell yeah, JP. <laughs> yes. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. yes. And then, and then see my son, my son, he was just shooting the basketball and dribbling the basketball around with my son. Mm-hmm. And it just like made my day. I'm sitting yeah. there playing with his baby boy. And, and Chase is in there coaching his son and his mm-hmm. daughter getting some shots up before their tournament this weekend because mm-hmm. they're going to be in Rock Hill okay, yeah, and, and and stuff like that. So it's just like, man, it's just to see people overcome those little obstacles. 
I mean, we can go. We got a bunch of people. We can go over that. Yep. You know what I mean? And, but I'm not going to put all their stuff out there because they might not want to be known. They want to be known for the person they are today and not what they did in the past. So mm-hmm. I respect that all day long. But like you were saying about your brother, man, and I'll let you get back to your brothers. I apologize for nah, that. But you got me excited. I'm but glad was, you brought up Pinkney, man. He's seen Pinkney. That's what I had called you yesterday. I had called you guys yeah. trip, but you was at practice. Got you. Because we was going to try to, his daughter was going to come and get some shots up in here. Yeah. So could, and I was like, man, the perfect opportunity. You're doing your 707 practice. Maybe mm-hmm. he can work with your QB real. real quick. I would have showed him, got yeah. him out there. <laughs> like, Stop what we're doing. JP, coach the quarterback yeah. real quick. You know, but uh, he's definitely one of the most. Uh, He's one of the toughest players we've ever had in East seen, Carolina history. Let me tell you something. I seen, because he was a freshman, if I ain't mistaken, a freshman or a sophomore when I was a senior. Redshirt freshman. Redshirt freshman. He was starting at the quarterback position. Biggie, I seen him take some shots, Biggie. I'm talking about some shots mm-hmm. from some D linemen, line, whatever. I seen him take some shots, and he get right back up playing. Hard as he could, yeah. playing. So, like, he's definitely one of the toughest guys that I've seen at that quarterback yeah, position. For sure. And he yeah. stayed in there. Didn't miss Mm-mm. nothing. Mm-mm. Didn't miss nothing. Like, I, mean, nope. I don't remember him missing a game when he became a starter. I'm telling you. And he was starting for a team that sucked. Yeah. We was some trash. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we was some trash. And he, and he, well, I'll tell you, man, he, he held his own. He, he held his own. He, he, he I, a lot of people don't think about it, don't speak on it because – that following year, they went to Hawaii. When we graduated, they went to Hawaii. And then mm-hmm. two years after that, they won the conference. So they forget about him. And they get stuck on Pat Pinckney. Well, I'm not knocking mm-hmm. Pat Pinckney and what he did. But if it wasn't for James Pinckney, there ain't no Pat Pinckney. I'm telling you. I don't care what nobody say. I'm if it wasn't for you. James Pinckney, there ain't no Pat Pinckney. I'm telling you, man. You know, give that man his flowers today. Yep. James Pinckney, yep. he needs that love because he held it down and got us into that winning record again. Mm-hmm. Leaving out as we graduated to where they were able to build on that and move forward. And, you know, the yep. following year, Chris Johnson exploded. You know, uh, that helped out. Dwayne Harris exploded. Mm-hmm. But we don't learn about these people if it wasn't for James Pinkney giving them their <laughs> freshman year touches. <laughs> That's their sophomore true. year touches. That's James Pinkney doing that. Yep. You know what I mean? Uh, there's no Andre Allison. True, you know what I, I mean? forgot about Andre. Without James Pinkney. You know what I mean? Yep. A lot of people don't think about it, but it's just yep. JP, that's my guy, man, and he deserves yep. it. And it was so awesome to see him back and forth, be able to take his kids to see his name over there at mm-hmm. UBE and, and stuff like that. Like, I gave him a, uh, one of those game day booklets. I had one, and I was going through some old boxes, and they had him on the cover. Mm-hmm. And to sit there and watch his daughter, like, flip through it. Like, this first wow. time she's seen it, she's flipping through it, learning about her dad. Yeah. Like, this dude that's challenging me every day on this court yeah. and is riding me, he don't know nothing. Mm-hmm. And then you finally get to read about him and say, wait a minute, <laughs> Pops was legit. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Yep. I find it to be dope. But, you know, so moving on to our next question, mm-hmm. which I'm going to move it around a little bit, okay? All right. We had a question that stated there's four different types of people. Mm-hmm. An average person, a reserved person, a selfish person, and a role model, role model type person. Mm-hmm. And we were asked... Where do we fall in at? And I'm going to let you go first. Okay, so say say those again. (laughs) Average person. Average. Reserved person. Reserved. Selfish. Selfish. Or a role model. Role model. I'm all of them, Big E. Yeah, got to be. I'm all of them. I'm reserved. I'm I'm very reserved. Um, I'm just your average person that just – Got God favor so, so, on them. So, you know, the average thing is throw it off sometimes. I think mm-hmm. for like the average thing is another person's perception of you. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. some eyes, you're not average, bro. 
That's true. You're not an average person. That's Why true. Why do you think they come train with you and not train with the other guy that played wide receiver somewhere? Because you weren't average. Yeah. And I'm just going to call you out on that because you weren't. <laughs> and you're not an average person. I don't care what you say. You're not an average person. So you're a phenomenal person. You do so much. I've seen you role model. Mm-hmm. I've seen you be reserved. You've always been reserved. Mm-hmm. Damn if I'm going to sit here and let you call yourself average. <laughs> you're not. You know what I, I mean? When I say I'm average, I'm just... I, the reason why I just say I'm just the the average dude, man, is because I know where I come from, Big E. Mm-hmm. I know where I come from. Now, do I feel like I'm just average? No, I'm not. I, I understand how, what I am and who yeah. I am. But I know where I come from, and I know how... I know how it's tough to make it out of a place where I've come from. Mm-hmm. And I know how tough it is to make it at the levels that I made it at. For sure. You know, and so it keeps you humble. It keeps you very humble. And that's why I say I'm just, I'm just your average dude, man, that God just had favor on me. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And because I look at a lot of stuff like, man, I shouldn't be here. Right. I shouldn't done that. I, how did I even, you know what I'm saying? Right. So it's like, I'm just this, I'm just this average dude that a team captain for the Chiefs for two years. You know? So it's just, but I'm just, when I say I'm average, I'm just your average guy that God just had favor on, man. Yeah. You know? I, yeah, I, I hear you. I, I, I get it. You know, so <laughs> brings, brings me bring back to a story. So my, one of my best friends, Benny Raindrop, and uh, that's his name, Benny Raindrop. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> The drop, don't but, stop. But before you talk about <laughs> Benny Raindrop, the first time I met Benny Raindrop, I thought that was his nickname. Nah, that's dro- his real name. <laughs> the drop dog. Benny Raindrop. <laughs> you know, so, you know, it's crazy. So he's a football coach at a, a middle school in uh, out by Charlotte, Salisbury. I said, B, which my birthday was this past on the 20th. So happy birthday. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah. And you know, while I'm saying that shots out to my mama, cause her birthday, I was her best birthday gift she's ever had. <laughs> I was born the day after her birthday. So, and shout out to my, shout out to my wife. Her birthday was the 21st yeah, yesterday. So, so we had 18, 19, 20, 21. We had birthdays yeah. all, mm-hmm. all in back to back. So, but Benny was like, he came up to visit me and he didn't necessarily know how the guys on the team were going to accept him. Mm-hmm. But me being who I was at the time, I literally took him to Joshua Chisholm's apartment. Cheese. Mm, who was one of the most, and he had a birthday too this month. Okay. You know, one of the most outspoken, exaggerated, excited. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's, I don't, you really can't just sum up what cheese is to people. Like he's just, <laughs> he's just a, a ball of just fun. Yep. Awesomeness, just mm-hmm. it's just it's the the energy levels are energy. crazy. Yep. So they're sitting there, and he's muscled up linebacker. Mm-hmm. Raindrops just like there. I leave Raindrop at his house to go do something. Right. <laughs> they're playing NCAA the football game, and Benny's beating him in the game, and he's mm-hmm. like, man, he texts me, hey man, uh, he's getting pretty like mad because he's losing. <laughs> <laughs> so he's like, Benny's like he's like flexing and getting mad at the TV. <laughs> And, and like really upset about that he's losing, right? Benny was talking about, man, I'm going to let him come back. <laughs> he didn't know how to deal with the dude. Like he was just like, is he going like to hit me or something? Like, you know, here's this gold guy with, you know, a lot of people have these perceptions and they already like stereotype. He's gold teeth, dreads. That's why we call him cheese because he had gold teeth. Uh-huh. But it, they were clean and classy gold teeth. Let's yeah. make it so he don't just look like no, that's yeah. just where he's from. It's where he's from, mm-hmm. people. So I don't want people to. He's from Florida. He's from Florida, Tampa, Florida. Mm -hmm. That's the thing. 
But could you imagine him sitting there, muscled up, don't <laughs> never met him, shaking his dreads, gold teeth, country, loud, and raindrops is like, I, 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 oh, I don't know, do. you coming back to get me? You <laughs> come on, you know. So, but then he realized that these guys are just regular guys. You know what I mean? Yeah. And a lot of people will put again that athlete and this other thing outside of average, mm-hmm. where we a lot of we just guys, we're like just guys, we just dudes. Like it's it just is what it's. I remember when you were. You were playing somewhere. I can't remember. I come home and you at my house with uh, sick. <laughs> mm-hmm. I was like, "Why are you here?" Like, you know what I mean? Like, but all right, hung out with you a few times. Oh, he ain't yeah. nothing but a dude at his job. Just be this job that everybody likes. That's yeah. all it was. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, regular dude. And since then, our relationship has grown. So, mm-hmm. for me to answer that same question, then I understand the average thing. And I did jump on you about you're not an average guy. That's because I look up to you. And the things that you do and the things that I see you do, because I do see you more often than a lot of people, Mm -hmm. you know, so it's a respect thing. Um, I'm I would say, like I told you, I said, I'm a reserve role model Mm -hmm. that might be a little bit above average and trying to become more selfish. Ooh, that's a good one. I'm I'm above average reserve role model who's trying to be more selfish. Yeah, Explain it. So. I know I'm looked at, and I believe God gave me my stature for a reason. Mm-hmm. I feel like I am a leader. Mm-hmm. I feel like I can speak and people listen or people will trust what I'm saying. If I can only do that for myself on a consistent basis, mm-hmm. which is me saying I need to be more selfish and focus on me some mm-hmm. versus everybody else in the world. I get that. Um, I have done things where I've been considered a role model because of my actions and the outcomes of my actions where mm-hmm. a lot of people that come from the same place we come from or, work, or places that are less desirable than where I come from. To where if they do things kind of how I did things or how my peers did things or my group of friends did things, we get put in a role model category. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you have to embrace that. That's who you are. When you become an athlete and when someone decided to pay for your college and yeah. give you the shot and put that name. And this is that part of the education in college and being a college athlete that I'm not against players being paid, mm-hmm. but I feel like they take for granted being paid and and the position you're put in Mm -hmm. going to read to those kids at the schools, going to visit sick kids in the hospitals. Mm -hmm. Like there was a time where it's just like when we bowl games and stuff like that, where it's like four or five guys are going to get the ESPN interview and there's going to be three or four guys that get sent to the sick hospital. Mm -hmm. I always got to the hospital. I always went. And I'm like at that age, 21, I want to be on ESPN. Yeah. But I always felt like I was being sent to the, the children's hospital because of what my coaches thought of me. Mm-hmm. I'm not just an athlete. Yeah. I'm more than that. So yeah. I would go and take the pictures and play with these kids and, and s- s- empathize with these children and their mm-hmm. families and stuff like that. And to see a kid light up because this big, massive dude walks in there yeah. and like tosses him a ball or whatever. Like <laughs> that was getting paid. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it wasn't monetary, but I was getting paid, man. Yeah. Like, those moments, mm-hmm. you know, they're insane, man. It's just like you wouldn't think that someone believed that much into you. To where you're gonna go into this place where this child might not never come out of this place. Yeah. And they want you to be that role model for a day. Wow. Like, wow. There's nothing I can say to this kid to make the situation better, but someone believed that I can make their day a little bit better by my presence. So I felt like my stature was God given for that reason. Mm-hmm. You know, big teddy bear, my daughter calls me. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and I'm reserved because I'm not gonna be the first one out there to jump out and be loud, or I'm not gonna be you know, flamboyant with what I do. I do some flashy things occasionally, but I'm still chill with that. You know what I mean? And the self thing is like, sometimes I lose track of 
my own personal stuff, mm-hmm. the things that I need to be handling for myself because I'm so selfless mm-hmm. that I need to become more selfish to make sure I take care of myself so yeah. I can continue to be that reserve role model that's a little bit above average. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So, and then that sounds crazy, but. No, I don't sound crazy. Again, above average reserve role model that needs to be more selfish. That's like how it. I'm going to say it. I like you it. You know, I like it. Uh, and <laughs> and move to our next question. Uh, 2022. Mm-hmm. We're not halfway there, but we're not far from halfway through being done with this year. Mm-hmm. Some goals. Mm-hmm. Professional, family, self. What are, what are some goals that you have to improve in in your life or to focus on a little bit more in your life as T-Cop, who you are to the world and T-Cop, who you are to yourself mm-hmm. and to your family? What are some things that you can improve on? Man, just continue to be more self-aware of me more self-aware of me more self-aware of the things that I need to improve in Mm -hmm. Uh, more self-aware of you know the things that hinders me and really just trying to be a better person all around Um, I think goals for me, the end of, by the end of the 2022 year, when it comes to professional, I really, I'm really trying to get into coaching at the NFL level. Okay. That is, that is a goal. For me. And I have some opportunities, which, you know, I'm going to really be taking up on these opportunities. I'm taking these opportunities up that I have. Like one, go, one was, the fact that I went to the coaching academy, right? You know that that type of stuff don't happen, you know, out of the blue, uh, or it did happen out of the blue, but that just don't happen just a coincidence. It just happened, you know. I tell some people close, I didn't apply to go to that academy, you know. That would that just fell in my lap because someone thought you were more than average. I guess you could be right. <laughs> I should try to tell you. you know, I've been trying to tell you. You know, you know, so that that came out of the blue for me. You know, that was that was the NFL calling me and like, Terrence, we want you to come to this coaching academy mm-hmm. and we're gonna fund everything. Your Uber, your food, your hotel, the the uh, the material that you need, your flight, out the blue. You know, and so, but I always wanted to get into coaching, but I was just so wrapped up in my academy, which you have to be when you have your own business. You got to be, it's your baby. You got to be wrapped up in it. But I always knew I wanted to get back into the NFL when it comes to maybe not playing anymore, but coaching it. Yeah. So when that happened and now, you know, I have opportunity to, to get into be, to do an internship, you know, for, uh, for training camp with NFL teams, you know, so now that ball is rolling for me to get, to start coaching somewhere, to get, to really get my name out there and really get into the coaching circle. And I know a lot of, I know a lot of coaches, a lot of connections when it comes to the NFL to get in that, you know, but it really took for me to really get invited to that coaching academy to be like, Mm -hmm. you know what, you can do this. You can do it. And I felt felt like God just opened the door or showing you, listen, we can do it if you want to do it, you know? So, that's when it comes to that, you know, when it comes to just me as a person, uh, me as a family man, you know, just really making sure I don't want my kids to be in a box. 
you know, when I say a box, I don't want them to, to be like, okay, this is, you know, this is how you're supposed to do this. This is what this supposed to be like. To me, I, I want my kids to get out of that box. Because if you are in a box, you're never going to make it to where you want to make it at. Mm-hmm. You know, and I want my kids to feel like they can do anything in life. You know, not just regular stuff. You know, and, and forget what they're doing. I'm talking about just spiritual life, everything, just their whole life, entire, their entirety of their whole entire life. You can do whatever you want to do, whatever you put your mind to and you're willing to sacrifice for. Mm-hmm. You can do whatever, you know, and just understanding, uh, you know, just being good people. You know, uh, what you've been saying that and being a witness, I want to tell you, you're doing a phenomenal job raising your kids, man. Your kids are extremely respectful. They're kind. And I'm be honest with you, I, when they say, what's up, Big E? Like, I, you know what I mean? They, yeah. You know, T says it just like you say it. Yeah. You know, Naya, I talked to Naya on the phone for about five minutes the other day, like, yeah. trying to get a hold of you. And me and her talking about school and her mm-hmm. wanting to potentially go to NC State. And I was just yeah. like, you know, I had to say my two cents on that. And, you know, I don't know why she would think that. But you got to uh-huh. do what you got to do for yourself, baby. I understand that. But yeah. you're doing a phenomenal job. And the, and the youngest one, Tariq, I mean, smart, athletic. The oldest, smart, athletic. You know, not extremely smart. Yeah. You know what I mean? Is. I don't know if she's into sports like that. Nah. I've never really seen her into anything like she that. She plays but, sports, but she ain't into it. But she's not, you know, she's not like the boys, but but I got, she's just a joy to be around. She is. I, I do have good kids. I do. I, I can't, I can't deny that. But I got to give that to Candy. Even though they may have some of my characteristics. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when it comes to raising my children. She is, she's that person, mm-hmm. you know, and a lot of people look at me because maybe I'm, I'm the name of the family, but it's candy. Now I, I'm there, I'm dad, don't get me wrong, but a lot of times dad ain't there. Yeah. You know, a lot of times I'm not there, whether it be because I got to work or whether it be because, you know, I get home late or whether it be I'm out of town. Dad is not always there. But you know who's always there? Miss Candy. Miss Candy. She's always there. So when it comes to raising those kids the way they need to be raised, you know, that's her. Yeah. That's her. I mean, I appreciate the credit that I, that people give me, but nah, that's Candy. That's Candy. Like she she raised those kids the way they need to be raised. Now don't get me wrong, I'm there. I'm dad, but dad ain't always there. You know, so yeah. Uh, and that may be sometimes you was busy it, being above average, <laughs> but I mean, and, and sometimes, like I said, I, I'm not, I'm not the perfect father. You know, sometimes yeah, I'm not, sure, I'm sure. not the perfect father, you know, and I said this before. One thing that I, I always give Candy credit for is when I grew up, I didn't have that father figure in the house. I didn't have it. Tupac was my father. Music, listen, how they talk about stuff. That was what what raised me, me hanging with my homeboys, you know, mm-hmm. and we ain't none of us got father figures around. So right. we all just trying to figure it out. So when I actually finally do have children, you know, and Candy, she grew up in a, both parents in the house, both parents was heavy in church, you know, so she knew and understood and seen what a dad should be. 
because she had that example, experience, that, ex- experience. that example in the house. So for me, when I first had children, I didn't really know how to be a dad. I didn't know. So really, she was really showing me mm-hmm. how to be that father figure until I got mature enough and understood, you know, and went through a, a ton of crazy stuff trying to become, you know, but now I give, I give all that credit to Candy, man. She, she's done an amazing job when it comes to raising our children. Fantastic. You chose her. Yeah. So you got to take credit for that? <laughs> How about you? Well, for, for me, as far as goals, I, again, not to beat on it, I want to be a little bit more selfish. Mm-hmm. And, and I need to focus on some things where I get caught up in temporary satisfaction that I end up having long-term digging myself out of the hole because of the temporary satisfaction. Mm-hmm. So I want to make smarter decisions on what I do moving forward, uh, so that way I don't have to deal with that situation or whatever it might be for such a long time, mm-hmm. you know, and I want to be, I guess more, I want to be more outgoing for myself as well. You know what I mean? Like I've kind of gotten into that box. I put myself in a box where do this, do this, do this. And it's even like to my career, like I've been doing mental health for so long, mm-hmm. it's draining. Mm-hmm. So I kind of want to, Remove myself from mental health. You know, I do the training here at the academy and stuff like that. And I feel like I do a pretty decent job at it. Do a great job at it. Great job. I wouldn't mind moving into that a little bit around sports more. Mm -hmm. Like, I honestly wish, a lot of people don't say this, I didn't have a 10 year NFL career. Mm -hmm. You know, mine was training camp a few weeks of the season and I was out of there Mm -hmm. and I didn't really pursue it anymore. Mm -hmm. Probably could have stretched it out a little bit more if I would have kept trying, but I didn't. Mm I was content on not being defined as a football player. So I was I went into the mental health world. And but that's not bad. I, a lot of people get stuck. A lot of people get stuck. You know, we know people that chase it for a long chase time. Chase for a long time. Don't, don't know when to hang it up. Yeah. yeah. And, and for me, I honestly wish I would have went to the grad assistant program and became a college coach because I know I could do it. Mm-hmm. If there's anything I'm more confident in is that I could probably coach on that level and I would be a phenomenal players coach. And I really yep. feel like I could recruit. You know what I mean? So I feel like I do. If there was a way for that to happen, I would love to do that. But I don't necessarily know if that's happening at this age and starting all the way over at the bottom and working up. I eh, can't really do that. Yep. Um, but ideally, it's just I want to stop the self-inflicted wounds by temporary satisfactions. Mm. You know, and that's on so many different levels of that's things. Deep, and, yeah, there's so many yeah. different levels of things. Like it's like, oh, let me swipe my credit card for this. Mm-hmm. Then be mad that I got to make the payment. Mm-hmm. But let me just not do that. Yeah. Let me set money to the side for a couple of weeks yep. and then go buy what I want to buy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Things like that. And that's yep. just to, to try to make it small. Like it's, it's so yeah. many different things that I could possibly do. But that's just really it. I just want to focus on me and making sure that I am as good as I can be. So mm-hmm. that way for the family can benefit from me being the best version of me. Man, that's big. I like that. You know. And we'll jump to this last question to end today's show because we definitely talked longer than we was. But I guess mm-hmm. when you're talking real stuff, it happens. Yep. And this comes from from Coach Barfield as well. Which he just wants to know, <laughs> out of all this real stuff, he wants to know, who hit you the hardest in the NFL and who did it? Like, who did it and, and, and what was the situation how it happened? So this was <laughs> – it's crazy about it. I can't answer the whole question, but I can answer the <laughs> overall question. So – the hardest I've been hit was when I was a rookie. It was a rookie. We was playing against the Cincinnati Bengals. Mm-hmm. I was returning the kick. This one, I was returning kicks. And I got hit so hard that when I got hit, my whole body went numb. 
and I was laying on the ground. He was like, he knocked out. He knocked out. And look, I jumped up quick. I was like, not what you talking about. Something like that. <laughs> but I couldn't talk. I was, the way I said it right now, I couldn't talk. I really couldn't breathe. But I just had that pride that, nah, but let no, me get up. Yeah, you ain't hold me down. Yeah, All let right. me get up. But I don't know who he was. I don't know who he was. It's probably a good thing because you would have been trying to chase around and get him back. Yeah, I, I have no idea who he was. All I knew when I hopped up, I just heard guys talking. So I really don't know if he's the one that hit me. You know what I'm saying? I was just, he laid me. Yeah. Then, and then I got hit again. This is when I had Kansas City. I went across the middle, quarterback threw it high across the middle. What is the DB name that played for the Cardinals? He was big. Was it? I think it was Adrian. He was a safety, big old safety. Wilson. Wilson. Remember NC State. I don't know what college he went to, but he played for the Cardinals uh, when he got to the league. And when I tell you, he laid into me. <laughs> look, I'm on the ground. I'm like, I can't even <laughs> breathe, Biggie. I couldn't breathe. But that was the hardest hit when it comes to that was the, two, the twice. That was twice. Well, two times I got hit that hard. Uh, one of them, my whole body went numb, and I really don't realize, really didn't realize who actually did it. But I do remember that's him, Adrian Wilson. Yeah, Adrian, he went to NC State. He wore number one with NC State. He laid into me. <laughs> that was another one. But that really didn't hurt. I just He just knocked the air out of me. But Thank the one when my rookie year, that was when I felt everything. 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 So it was a little different. Yeah. 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 Uh, I, it's funny you say that. When, when I was – in the league, they still allow the wedges on kick return. Man, I remember when you're talking about wedges. I remember right. when the, the the Giants and the Redskins used to run five-man wedges. That's a lot. And you got to be the one to break the wedge up. Well, so I was part of the wedge. You imagine being <laughs> it, like, because I was a big guy that could run a little bit. Yeah. Hooking arms and just taking that. Like, that is not, no. Like, someone coming, literally running 24 miles per hour, mm-hmm. trying to enhance themselves to make the, the, the offense or the defense and get off of special teams. Full speed. And I got to lock arms with a guy beside me and just wherever this guy decides to torpedo himself into. You know what's going crazy about that, Big D? Big E? The way you feel about it, by you being in a wedge, because I was one of those guys that was a wedge buster. Okay. I felt the same way. <laughs> like, nobody yo, want this job. Nobody <laughs> don't want Look, I don't want to be the one to bust the wedge, and you don't want to be the one in the wedge. Yeah, no. Because no. you know it's going to be a contact, like yeah. a full-speed contact. You're literally going to feel it for the next quarter and a half. I'm telling you. That one rep, you're going to feel it for the rest <laughs> of the game. You know what I mean? The stingers, the numbness of the arms. Don't get yeah. hit on the bicep. Oh, my goodness. You can't even move your fingers no more. But, you know, that's today's show, T. It's a great show, man. <laughs> Enjoy talking with e. you. Uh, again, today's show brought to us by Bet Online and the people over at Believe. Um, D. Smith Designs, hooking us up with our graphics and doing things for us. Uh, if you guys ever need anything, hats, lids, custom logos, commercials, D. Smith is the guy to contact. His stuff will be posted onto the, the War Room podcast page, Facebook page. But T, you got anything? I don't have anything, Big E. But great job today, man. And no doubt, man. Condolences again to your family and to everybody that's losing family members here. Go love your people. Give them their roses now. Hug them. Love them. Build them. Each one. Reach one. When you reach one, teach one. All of those good things that you can say. Mm-hmm. That, you know, just do it. Be better than you were yesterday. And that's it. Thank nice. you guys for listening. We'll see you next week. Yes, sir.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.